and 79. Locations in Springfield and Branson. 417-221-4779. I'm the son of a good man. I'm the child of an angel. I'm the brother of a wild one. And I'm looking for direction. News analysis and opinion. It's the Elijah Har Show on 93.3 and AM 560 KWTO. Is that all I'm good for? Well, let's take a time to look away from the southern border and turn our attention back to Missouri. Over the last few weeks, there's been a lot of conversation, and now it looks like there is at least three groups that are collecting signatures to try to put initiative petitions onto the ballot, either in August or in November. Now, when they do that, they have to collect a whole bunch of signatures. There's a process, and very involved in that process, are the local county clerks joining us now? Green County Clerk Shane Schiller. Shane, welcome back to the show. Hey, Elijah. Great to be here. Hey, first we got to start off. Question of the day: Uh-oh. What What is the most important birthday in your life? Most important birthday in my life. Because you. That's really telling because of your loved ones, right? In terms of your just, kiddos. Just in general, what what is like what is an important like what's a big important milestone? Big important milestone. In terms of just personally? Yeah, yeah. So I mean honestly I'm not trying to be funny about it, but but uh I don't have the definite date, but when I accepted Jesus into my life. You know, I wondered if somebody would say the Christian birthday. That that's actually mm-hmm. that you're right. That's far more important than any of these worldly birthdays. Hundred percent agree with you. Yes. All right, Shane, let's get down to brass tacks. We've got we've got at least three groups that are out there that are raising money, that are collecting petitions. I was I was downtown yesterday. I was going to get a sale at Springfield Brewing Company and I got harassed by some guy on the street wanting me to to sign his petition. I and and it reminded me that's going to be the norm for the next few months. Let's walk through this process. Once a group says, "Okay, we think we got enough petitions." How do they get counted? How do they get verified? Well, they'll have um, up until later this year. I want to say they have up until May to be able to click the. the I'm trying to remember the exact date. The signature um, cutoff date is that's of course through the Secretary of State's office. Once they have those um, petitions, they then begin to sort them out by county. Um, now, when I originally um, was elected as county clerk and sworn in in 2016. We received all of the signature pages um, by mail, and they were all, you know, photocopied, and we'd receive them, and then we would go through each page by page. Since that time, they are now set electronically, um, which is actually able to allow the signature verification process to go quicker than it was previous to that. Um, what's your internal process? How does that, how does that all work? So what we're going to do, and of course, because of the number of, of signatures that have to be checked, of course, that's right there in the period of time that we're, you know, getting ready for elections. For example, the upcoming August election, we'll be prepared for that. And many other things. We're also doing the canvas of the voters to make sure voters do reside at where they um, were registered at in terms of their voter registration file. So we will hire temps. And so we'll oversee that process in terms of, of the work they do. Um, we'll go through and check their work for quality check to make sure they're doing it correctly. 
But essentially, you know, we're going to get that petition page. We're going to make sure that petition page is for Green County. Occasionally, sometimes the Secretary of State will send the wrong county, and we have to get that redirected to the correct county. Um, We will take that page, and then we will look at the information, uh, make sure that they were indeed registered on the date that they signed the petition. They have to be registered at that time. If they're registered afterward, the signature would not count. We're then going to verify that the signature does indeed match. Um, now, sometimes a voter um, will not necessarily reside at the address um, that they put down on the signature page that we have registered for them, but that um, can still count on behalf of the voter um, if it's determined that they were still you know, within the county at that time when they signed that petition page. I mean, that is a ton of investigative work that your office needs to do. I mean, if you're like, well, the, the the signature pages don't matter. Then you have to go figure out where they were living and whether or not the. I mean that that's that's some time time consuming work. Right, right. And so, I mean, in terms of of you know the registered different address, that's not uncommon. And again, just to clarify: as long as the voter was registered in the county at the time they signed the petition, even if the address is different that um, signature will still count on behalf of the voter. And so that's something that um, is important for voters to know. Because I mean, like, well, I haven't updated my voter registration. You're still able to sign that petition. Now, what's interesting, though, and I don't know, you know, when this came to be, but sometimes a signature will have a mark through it, like struck through. When that happens, clearly we cannot count that signature on behalf of that voter. And I'm not quite sure why that happens, but that does happen on occasion. So there's little variations like that that happen you know, when we're checking. Uh, I mean, my, probably a lot of these, and I, I, I observed this process yesterday, people are signing the petition while they're still hearing what they're signing. And so there's probably some times where people start to hear and they're like, wait a minute, I'm not sure I like this thing, and they mark their name out. Right. Well, and, and, and the other challenge is, is that as you know, almost everyone, not everyone, most of the people that are gathering signatures are being paid for it. And what we'll see here in Greene County is, for example, someone lives in Rogersville, may live on the Webster side, but they'll sign on the Green side. But when that happens, that signature does not count on behalf of that voter. So you even have those things. So you see a lot of people. I was just talking um, to someone here in the office, and they were down um, on South Quinstone at the uh, shopping center there where like Best Buy is at and everything. And they said there were actually five people gathering signatures there. Now, you can imagine how many people are coming in from different counties uh, when they come in. And so unless they've got, um, you know, reside here in Greene County, that signature is not going to count if they sign that petition. Man, that is fascinating to, to think about all that goes into this. I guess this is one of the reasons that that it takes multiple millions of dollars to try to get these on the ballot. Right, because of the, because as you well know, and this was the challenge that, that happened two years ago, for example, um, with the um, petition for um, oh, ranked choice voting. I don't know if you remember that. I do. Um, for whatever reason, I don't know if it was because of COVID, there was a number of lines that, as we were going through, that there were issues with each signature line that was there. And so we had a much higher count than had been there in the past in terms of lines not being counted, and that one was not verified. And so you can think about, and my understanding was they were getting like $30 an hour or something like that to get you know, signatures. It was incredible how much you know they're being paid. And what a lot of people might not know, if they got more than one clipboard, my understanding is they get paid for each clipboard by the hour for the ones that they hold. I mean, that is, is, is crazy to think about the dollar amount that goes into this. Okay. Now, right. when you're looking at these signatures, 
Um, and especially if you've got multiple ones, a lot of people are like, well, how do we know if it's going to be on the August or the November ballot? And that's decided by the governor, as you well know. The okay. governor gets to make that decision. Now, I like how you keep saying, remember, as you well know. Some of these I may not know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I give you the benefit of the doubt. I appreciate it. Uh, you're right. Yes, I know all absolutely. these questions. I'm just I'm yeah. letting you hit the home runs right now. <laughs> there is one caveat, and a lot our legislative friends don't necessarily think about this, but if they decide to put an issue on the ballot, as you know, it doesn't need signatures. Years ago, they did put the date that the initiative that it was going to be on the ballot for the voters. So the legislature can decide the date, but oftentimes they don't let the governor make that decision. Right. Right. Well, and I, this is, I, I, I know that, that Missouri, you know, and, and I'm full disclosure. I've been biased on this for a long time. I filed a bill back in 2014 that said that we should have a 60% requirement. Cause I think we amend our, our constitution too much now, 10 years mm-hmm. later, we're still fighting that battle, but every, right. it feels like every two years we see two, three, four big changes to our Constitution that are they're collecting petitions on and sometimes getting to the ballot, and it only takes 50% plus one to put it into the state Constitution. And as we saw with marijuana a couple of years ago, then you've got 40 pages added. A lot of people have no idea what's inside this ballot, this petition. Correct. Well, and even, you know, um, back in 2006, when embryonic stem cell research, you know, that there was scientific language that was within that amendments and our constitution. I always thought at the time, well, what if science finds out that some of the information that was in that constitutional amendment was wrong? What do you do? Nothing you can do in terms of the science behind it. Yeah, it's Um, crazy. It really is. And so, but I'm a firm believer in a narrow constitution and let the statutes, you know, because that way you do have the ability to be able to make the changes when needed through the statutes, but keep your constitution narrow and defined. But I know not everyone probably agrees with us on that, but that's where I stand. Absolutely. No, I I think you and I are in agreement on that. Okay. When's the, you know, I know you said the deadline sometime around the beginning of May. How long do you have to count those signatures? What's the, what's the timeline on doing, getting that done? I want to say it's between four to six weeks. I'd have to go look at the exact timeline, but we do. I mean, we, of course, you know, try to get those done uh, within a very timely manner. And the fact that um, Secretary Ashcroft has really updated the system, uh, made it much more user-friendly, that has really allowed us to be able to check the signatures quicker. Because when we used to get them by paper, We'd have to manually pull everything up on the um, voter registration system and then go through and look at the paper, look at the screen. It was a very cumbersome process, whereas now it comes up on the screen. You can go through and look at the signature on the petition page and look at the signature and or signatures we have in the voter registration file for the voter. And so that has definitely streamlined the process. All right, Shane, you know, while we're while we got you on, let's turn our attention a little bit. You're you're um, in the middle of a campaign for secretary of state. Seems like that may be at this point the most full primary around the country or around the state. Tell us a little bit about that race. Well, I mean, it's it's a great time to be running for secretary of state, especially as an election official in terms of when voters have concerns about how elections are being administered. I know that I've got the background that can tell them here's what needs to happen so that, you know, you have secure, accurate, fair elections. And I spent time at the secretary of state's office. My wife was in law school at the University of Missouri. So I understand it from that aspect of it. And having served in the legislature, I think, is critical in terms of knowing how to get things done when they need to get done on behalf of the Secretary of State's office. 
But as you know, we've got some really good, robust um, primaries here. The Secretary of State is no different. We've got quality candidates that are running for Secretary of State. I also think voters are going to get an opportunity to be able to decide who they think is best for that office. And of course, you know, I believe that I'm the best qualified for that office in terms of understanding the role of the Secretary of State as well. Not just elections, you know, it has many other aspects, business services, um, security protection in terms of our investments, and the library division. There's just many things that are important that the Secretary of State does on behalf of our, our voters and, and constituents across the state. You know, and one of the things I think the Secretary's office has changed a lot over the past few years, but especially, you know, uh, we've we've been fighting for photo ID for so long. Um, mm-hmm. That's been a big thing. Uh you and I share an opinion that Secretary Ashcroft has done a good job there. I, I know our, our ballot integrity score has moved from 10th when he started to third now. But, you know, listen, there's always always a job opportunity to move it up to first. And uh, I assume you want to continue that work. Yeah, and I think one of the things we can do that would help us move up that is that right now, and I continue to talk about this, is that in our state, when a voter mails back their absentee ballot, the signature does not have to be verified. Now, do most election authorities across the state do that as a best practice? Absolutely. But we need to get that codified into our state law so that we can hold an individual accountable or a pair of election judges, for whatever reason, decided they weren't going to check signatures as they're opening up the absentee ballot envelope and separating the ballot from that. Those are all incredibly important things in terms of election integrity. And then the other thing I think that we need to make sure is clear in our state constitution, that is, in order to be able to vote in a local election, you need to be a citizen of the United States to be able to vote in that local election. Because we're seeing other states where people that are here legally but they're not citizens, are being allowed to vote in local elections. And I'm just a firm believer that for everyone who has fought and died for our country and that in terms of our citizenship, we need to protect that, um, you know, uh, right to vote and make sure that's only for citizens. Very good. Shane Scholler, if people want to know more about the work that you're doing as, as Green County Clerk or have questions or want to follow along with your race for Secretary of State, how do they follow you on social media? Well, they can go to uh, Twitter or Facebook, and that's Shane Schuller. Um, they can also, if they're, it's for the county, they can go to vote.greencountymo.gov. Anything elections will be there. Um, and then if it's for the SOS, it's Shane for SOS.com. Very good. Shane Scholler, Green County Clerk and Candidate for Secretary of State. Thanks so much for joining us today. We really appreciate it. Hey, thanks a lot. You enjoyed it as always. All right. That was Shane Scholler. Uh, really, really fascinating to see what is going on. Uh, in this particular uh, 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 ballot situation, we didn't really get into it, but I got to say this. I got to say this. The the three petitions, two are gaming, one's abortion. You talk about big stakes in this year. They may not be bigger than the ones that we've got going on right now. And I'm really curious to see how that goes because several of these, especially abortion, they started very late. Same with the same with the uh, um, the, uh, um, the gaming one, not the um, sports betting. I don't know why I can't think of it. They started late. Both of them started after the first of the year. So they've got a very short window of time. So really, really going to be interested to see what happens on those particular uh, um, ballot initiatives. We'll find a lot more. Uh, we'll know a lot more when it gets closer to time. One, one of the things I absolutely love about Shane Scholler is it it seems like everybody 
who is running for any sort of statewide office is commenting on multiple different issues. They're talking about this and that and the other thing. And for some things, that's important. I mean, when in, in the governor's race, you have a billion different things to worry about and you're commenting on every issue. I totally get that. But some of these things, some of these races like treasurer or secretary of state, they're, they're pretty one-sided jobs. I mean, I don't need to agree with the secretary of state on every single little issue in, in sports betting or, or whatever, because I know that they're a good secretary of state. As long as they are, that's, that's what matters to me. Shane is dead set on the issues that matter to him. He's not going to come on and talk about a whole bunch of other different issues, issues that I even agree with him on. He is specifically single-mindedly, single-handedly focused on Secretary of State and making the elections the absolute best they can be. Love that about Shane Scholler. Absolutely. All right, we're out of time. We'll be right back, wrap up the show. Stick around. 